Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Thursday, May 28th, 2020, episode 148 of Locked on Blackhawks. Thank you so much for joining me here. This episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Get yourself the best tasting protein bar ever. Easy to get in touch with me. It's my second to last show. So if you've got some questions you want to get in before I hand the reins over to Jack Bushman, who will join me on Friday's show, be sure to do that soon. The number is 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. The email is lockedonblackhawks at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at L. Oh, underscore Blackhawks. So some stuff to get to today. Uh, we're going to hear from NHL Network Analyst and NHL.com's Kevin Weeks. He was a guest on the Dan Bernstein Show on 670 The Score in Chicago today. For those of you that don't know, that's the show I produce. I'm the executive producer of that show in my career. That's my career. Uh, we booked Kevin Weeks to talk about the uh, NHL agreement, which of course we'll talk about today as well. Uh, and he was asked if he'd be interested in a front office role. And he had a very well thought out and very developed idea. Uh, like I said, we're going to discuss the NHL's return to hockey and phase two and what that means. And something that's been on my mind, and I'm going to start the show with this. And I've mentioned this over the last few shows. I mentioned it on Wednesday's Madhouse podcast. If you want to check that out, feel free. We're on Twitter at Madhouse Pod. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff over there so if you're looking for me after friday that's where you're going to find me for hockey content how has rocky words not spoken yet how has danny words not spoken yet the blackhawks fired john mcdonough who for over a decade was considered option b to rocky words He was the team's president and CEO, and he was laid off just over a month ago, right? April 27th, so it was a month and a day ago that John McDonough was laid off. I'm recording this on May 27th, so exactly a month, and we've not heard peep from Rocky Wirtz or Danny Wirtz as it pertains to the Blackhawks front office. And it's a little bit stunning. And for all the arguments I've had with people in the sports industry about how hockey is underserved and there's a bigger market of hockey fans than sports media would like to admit, how do I have that argument when there's been zero pressure on the Blackhawks to have anyone speak up about what's next, what they're looking for, what the organizational plans are? How in the world has one of the marquee franchises in one of the league's top, one of the world's top sports leagues, how has he not had to answer those questions? And maybe he doesn't want to speak. Maybe he doesn't want to address what happened. Maybe he doesn't have many answers yet. We don't know. But all we're left to do here is speculate and dangle and hang in the wind. Now, Another thing Kevin Weeks said today with Dan Bernstein is it's easier to get into the White House right now than it is to get information from the Blackhawks. They are 
sealed tight. And for a while, I was fearful that it was just me that was not hearing from my people within the Blackhawks. But it has been radio silent since this happened. And eventually, it's going to come out why. I have no idea. No one I know has any idea what happened. If it was something specific, if it was over time, we've heard the term power struggle. Okay, fine. But the Hawks are in the news. They're in the playoffs. They're being considered as a host city. And we're just getting these one-off little statements from Danny Wirtz saying, oh, we're honored to be part of the process and blah, blah, blah. No. Rocky and Danny and or Danny need to face questions. There needs to be an arranged Zoom call where questions are answered from the media. We have zero information. And in the city of Chicago, a major market original six NHL city, the team's president and CEO is fired with no comment from the owner. That is unheard of. If George McCaskey fired Ted Phillips from the Chicago Bears or fired Ryan Pace, he would speak that day or the next day. If Michael Reinsdorf, well, look, he did. We've got recent history. As soon as the Garpax thing was announced, Michael Reinsdorf was available. He was talking. We got to hear from Arturis Karnasovas quickly about his plan to fill things in. If Jerry Reinsdorf fired Rick Hahn or Kenny Williams, he would speak. If Tom Ricketts fired Crane Kenny or Theo Epstein, he would speak. The fact that Rocky Wirtz has not addressed this is troubling to me. Did something sinister happen? I don't know. Do they not have a plan? I don't know. Do they have a very specific plan or trying to keep quiet? I don't know. None of us know anything. And I'm sure there's people listening to this who don't work in media who are saying they don't owe it to us to say anything. You know what? I think they do. I think you as a Hawks fan should hear from the owner when a franchise-altering move is made. And that's what the John McDonough firing was. That is a franchise-altering move. It is a something that changes the trajectory of the franchise for the next, what, 10, 15 years? Even if McDonough's replacement only lasts a while, if it's a failed experiment, the results of that could last for a long time. You have to dig out from the mistakes of prior regimes. It's a little disconcerting that a month has gone by and there's been literally no pressure, at least publicly, from anyone to have Rocky Wirtz or Danny Wirtz speak. And to me, it's sad because maybe everyone was right. Maybe maybe hockey does not matter in this city. Maybe it's just, you know, the bandwagon's out when the team's good. Then when they're bad, they fade back into oblivion and no one cares. And no one cares to investigate. No one cares to get information. And I know for sure that guys like Mark Lazarus and guys like uh, uh, Scott Powers and the people that cover the team want this information. And I'm sure they've made efforts to make these conversations happen. But maybe it's time for some public pressure for Rocky and or Danny to speak up to communicate to the fans what the plan is or what the 
even if the, some semblance of a plan. You fire your president and CEO, the guy whose name was synonymous with Blackhawk success. Right or wrong, John McDonough's name was said right away by every MC at a podium at the United Center after every championship, after every honor, after everything. John McDonough and Rocky Wirtz, those two names were side by side. One of them was laid off. The other one hasn't spoken, and it's inexcusable. Hey, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I told you that headed into the show. It tastes like a candy bar. You like candy bars? Of course you do. You're a human being with taste buds, receptacles, all those things. Well, Built Bars, be it the eight chocolate nut flavors or the eight chocolate nut free flavors, all of them are covered in 100% real chocolate. It's not air quotes chocolate. It's actual chocolate. The bars are soft. They're easy to chew. And if you are trying to lose or maintain weight, but you want a delicious treat, look no further than a built bar. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. The peanut butter brownie, doesn't that sound amazing? Peanut butter brownie? Yeah. 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, three grams of sugar, three grams of net carbs. That's it, man. That is a snack that's delicious that's not going to go straight to your thighs, as the kids say. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you will get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jay Zawoski. Thanks for tuning in. Like I said to start the show, two more shows to go for me. Then when episode 150 of Lockdown Blackhawks drops next week, the host will be Jack Bushman. Jack will join me on the podcast on Friday. I'm going to introduce you to him. If you've got some questions for Jack, fire him up. We'll get to know Jack a little bit, and I will pass the torch proudly to Jack Bushman, who I know is going to do a tremendous job uh, taking over Lockdown Blackhawks. He was the guy I handpicked, and I know he's going to do a terrific job. So make sure you support Jack. Make sure you stick with Lockdown Blackhawks, and follow me if you haven't already to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, where I will keep churning out hockey content alongside my longtime partner. We'll be entering our sixth season next year, my partner James Novo and I. So uh, if you've not already checked out the Madhouse Podcast, please do. I think you will enjoy it. All right, so I said it coming into the show yesterday on 670 The Score, NHL Network analyst Kevin Weeks joined Dan Bernstein, and Dan Bernstein asked if an NHL job popped up is it something you'd be interested in? I love television. I love broadcasting. It's I love it. It's what I aspired to do as my second career. It's now can't, hard to believe it's been 11 years. So I love it. I love being on the NHL network. I love you know being on social and other platforms I've been on over the years. So I, I have more TV aspirations, but if the right opportunity came along for, for a franchise and if it was the right fit with a great ownership and, and an ownership group that's committed to winning the way the Blackhawks are committed to winning, then, yeah, of course, that would certainly be something that I'd be very interested in. You know, I played for a lot of great general managers. Jim Rutherford, who's won three Stanley Cups. Uh, the great Lou Lamorello, who's won three. You know, the late, great uh, Bill Torrey. Uh, the great Glenn Sather, who also uh, has won five. Bill Torrey, the late Bill Torrey, won four with the Islanders as their architect. So, you know, being around the league as long as I have now and, and watching as many games and having the relationships, I, you know, I, I have a pretty – strong sense of of how I'd like to see a team run through experience and through the great people that I've had the good fortune of working with and playing with 
and just watching as many games as I do all the time too and realizing that you know hockey is it's not a top-down sport a lot of people look at that as I'm a grassroots up guy not a you know top of the mountain down guy because there's only 750 players in the world in the NHL so if you're running a team yeah it's fine to know everybody at the NHL level but you better know what's going on in Switzerland with AC Lugano and you know goalie two years ago by the name of Elvis Merzlikens who you see starring for the Columbus Blue Jackets right now. You know, you better know what's going on in Germany because there could be, you know, Dreisaitl or this young kid, Stutzel, who played in the World Juniors, who might go in the top three or four this year. You know, you got to know what's going on in the USHL with Chicago Steel. You have to know and have a finger on the pulse at all levels beneath the NHL. Really, I think that that's more my approach to it. And let it be collaborative and, you know, you can find that intersection between treating players and staff properly and fairly and treating them like quality people and at the same time you know expecting high performance from them and and your aspiration to win a cup so i think chicago as an example i'll tell you guys a quick story i remember their last stanley cup final a lot of you remember they had a stiff opponent in anaheim and you know it was that overtime double or triple overtime game if i'm not mistaken and i know that some of the players told the training staff hey we need some juices man we need fresh pressed juices they went out I don't know if it was Taser that told them. I don't know if it was Sharpie, Brad Richards, my good buddy. I don't know who it was. But the training staff had juices for them. They went out and got juices, and that game went deep in overtime. The guys were drinking those juices. Next thing you know, the Hawks ended up winning that game. They ended up coming back. They win the series, and the rest is history. So that's the attention to detail that I'm, that I'm about, and clearly uh, their franchise and some other franchises in the NHL, when you have good ownership that are committed to excellence, they have that. So there's no question. That's why they are who they are. So, yes. If that type of an opportunity presented itself, it's of course, I'd, I'd be crazy not to look at that. A couple things stood out to me from Kevin Weeks on that comment. Again, that audio, courtesy of 670 The Score, my home away from home. Um, a very well thought out. It's almost as if Kevin was anticipating that question to come. And right when this McDonough news happened, Kevin's name was one of the names that I saw as I'm not saying he's a candidate for the Hawks job, but when people were sort of, you know, bouncing ideas of potential guys around the league who could be a hockey ops type of person, I saw Kevin Weeks' name mentioned a couple times. And this response sounds almost as if he had it on paper, ready to go. It was very professional. It was very thorough. He talked about his organizational philosophy and how you build from the minors up. Very interesting. Talking about how you need to be aware of other leagues around the world. Definitely true. And I think if we're being honest, you got to give Stan Bowman some credit for that too. He's done pretty well with the international free agents. But this is a guy who does seem to have his eye on the job. And another little comment that stood out. And I know that was a long piece of tape. So I'm going to play it for you again. And I want to know if I should read anything into this comment or not. Listen closely. Really, I think that that's more my approach to it. And let it be collaborative, and you know, you can find that intersection between treating players and staff properly and fairly and treating them like quality people and at the same time you know, expecting high performance from them and, and your aspiration to win a cup. One of the worst-kept secrets around the Blackhawks, and especially after John McDonough was let go, was the way that John McDonough was known to treat his employees. He was a tyrant. He was very hard to work for. He would wear employees out very, very quickly. And the limited communications I've heard from people in or around the organization is, 
when that move was made, when John McDonough was laid off, there was a big sigh of relief from a lot of people who were tired of dealing with that sort of work environment. Is that what Kevin Weeks was alluding to when he talked about treating people with respect? I don't know. But it's definitely interesting, and as soon as I heard it, I heard it live, it definitely caught my ear and got my attention. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for tuning in. Very much appreciate that. My name is Jay Zawoski. Appreciate you being here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Now that we're getting a little bit closer to hockey being a reality with the big announcement that came on Wednesday, hopefully see those podcast numbers pick up and some listeners coming back. Not that a bunch of people left, but there was a little drop off, which is understandable. There always is when the season ends, but man. All of a sudden, the Hawks, the, the NHL, not just the Hawks, have rekindled interest in hockey fans. And uh, boy, it is an exciting potential time here. And if you listen to yesterday's Madhouse podcast, Wednesday's Madhouse podcast, you'll hear the, the palpable, palpable excitement between James Navo and I. We are fired up about this. And, you know, not to pump the brakes on anything or anything like that, but it is still a little premature to start planning things and and getting overly excited. There are still some hurdles to clear. So I found myself like after Wednesday kind of saying like, okay, how close is this really? Right. And I was starting to feel a little bit like, eh, maybe this is just wishful thinking. But then Wednesday later in the day, JB Pritzker speaks and says he can envision baseball being back in July. So there's some more optimism from a guy who's been pretty conservative when it, when it comes to estimating when it will be safe to do things again. So hopefully this hurdle is cleared. By the way, uh, another thing that I thought of overnight and a couple uh, tweeters and emailers called my attention to it as to why Chicago would be considered for a hub city. And my initial response was proximity of hotels, availability of hotel space, uh, easy airport access, there's two airports, international airport, etc. The other thing is, there are many NHL ice surfaces in and near and around the United Center. There's obviously the United Center. There's the MB Arena or the Fifth Third Bank Arena, whatever it's called now, where the Blackhawks practice. It is state-of-the-art. It is NHL regulation size. And if there's not going to be fans, you don't need an arena. There's the Allstate Arena. There's Johnny's. Does UIC still have a rink? I don't know, but that would be another option if so. Bensonville, the edge, has a nice arena. If they wanted to play games out in, uh, what is it, Geneva, where the uh, Steel play, that's an NHL rink. There's a lot of possibilities, and that's why I think when you're seeing some of the big cities being included in this, I think it would be availability of rinks. And if you could limit, you know, okay, the Hawks and... Uh, Oilers, they get the United Center for the first round. And then another matchup gets All-State Arena. And another matchup gets, you know, the edge, whatever. That's a way that you can keep the situation a little safer by not having different teams in and out of the same building every day. So there's something to keep in mind as well. And thanks to the emailers and texters that called my attention to that because it's something I had not thought of in real time, we were sort of jumping on a bunch of radio shows and doing the podcast, you know, very much in uh, 
real time and, and you don't really think of everything all the time. But thank you for those people who pointed that out. Got a couple emails I want to answer before I wrap things up here. Uh, this is a sort of an APV for podcast listeners because I don't know the answer to this. Jamie Pierce wants to know how he can watch Hawks games because the NHL.TV app doesn't have the archives anymore. It stopped after 2010. Uh, he can't get NBC Sports, Net Chicago, obviously. So if you live out of the city of Chicago and you want to watch Hawks games, what do you do? And if you want to watch old Hawks games, what do you do? Let me know. Maybe I can get that question answered for Jamie. Lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com is the email to get in touch. Um, so, yeah, please let me know how that goes. The other thing I want to get your feedback on before tomorrow's show on the Madhouse podcast. I keep saying that dropped Wednesday. It dropped on Tuesday. On Tuesday's Madhouse podcast, James and I discussed Ian Mitchell. And if Ian Mitchell would be available for the series, would you want him to start his NHL career in a five-game playoff series against the Oilers? I said no. James said yes. What do you think and why? Lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. We'll answer some of those tomorrow. Um, I don't know if it's going to be possible. I know Bill Daly yesterday said he doesn't think that rookies that signed during the pause would be eligible. But in years past, I think they were if they were draft picks. He... uh, Daly said, I don't think so, but I have to clarify that with the Players Association. So it's a shot. What do you think of Ian Mitchell starting his NHL career in a playoff series? All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Reminder, tomorrow is the final Lockdown Blackhawks for me. It's going to be a little bit longer of an episode. I'm going to bring Jack in, Jack Bushman, the new host of Lockdown Blackhawks, for a few segments. Then I'm going to take a segment to sort of reflect on things and say goodbye uh, so please be there. I would greatly appreciate it. And more importantly, even if you miss Friday's show, please give Jack a chance. Be open-minded. There's a reason I picked him as my replacement. I had one conversation with him at Prospects Camp, and I was incredibly impressed. And it was important for me to find a young voice trying to make his name in sports media in Chicago hockey and I think he's a perfect choice. So stick with him. Give him a chance. Welcome him with open arms. Please participate in his mailbags. Look, even if you're not listening, stay on the Twitter account. It'll be him running it. Interact. That interaction is the lifeblood of podcast hosts. We can't do it without your feedback. If I didn't have Talk Back Tuesday, especially during the damn pandemic, I don't know what I would do. Madhouse is different because I have a partner. But a solo podcast multiple times a week when nothing is happening is very difficult without listener feedback and listener interaction. So please support Jack. You're going to meet him tomorrow on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.